Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to TFP. We've got a really good show for you today. Lots to talk through, lots to get stuck into. To help me do it, we've got Boovy, who's who's very much locked down. Won't say where. We've got Flaunders, <laughs> who's very much locked down. Bo- uh, Flaunders is a tier four kind of guy now, aren't you? No, I, I don't know, but the, I know there's four tiers in Wales. Um, I, I don't know what how it works or whatever. But I know that I know that we're okay and safe. So you're you're all right for now. Touch we're all right. Yeah. Um, Harry still rocking tier three. Yeah. Grizz the same. What are you, Flav? I don't think there is one. Here. I mean, there is, but I am. <laughs> just make it up. <laughs> well, there's no one here. I live. I'm just. I'm. I'm about a hundred. I would say within two mile radius, there are a hundred people. So are they, Flav? Are they just two tiers? It's <laughs> yes. oh, well. very good. One well, down each cheek. Was yeah, it? Very good. Was it? Don't like give him. Yeah. Credit. Really? No, you're shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, the, I, I am still a little bit uh, pained from yesterday, and we will get into it. We will get readily stuck into that Liverpool Spurs game. Before we do, just a reminder: welcome to World Class. We've had a couple new episodes come out on that. Had some brilliant comments in there. Loads of chat on Twitter as well. I noticed that Harry and Grizz. Um, got like lauded as the real football men yesterday by the entirety of Liverpool Twitter. <laughs> Liverpool Twitter just descended on descended on that that clip of us choosing between Alfonso Davis or Andy Robertson as the top left back in the world, and 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 they made their feelings clear, and they all went for Alfonso Davis, which was good. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's just quickly share a couple of comments. Ash said, I'll touch to you, Flanders. Ash said, Aaron Wambasaka wishes he was as talented as Reese James. Do you want to just explain again why we went Wambasaka in the list as opposed to Reese James? Aaron Wambasaka's had more Premier League experience. Reese James has he could really get in the he played he played in the Chelsea team last season, wasn't a regular. Um when he did play in the Champions League, Alfonso Davis, you know, uh showed him who was boss there. He's been good this season. But if, if you look into the article and look at the metrics that we used, he's not, he, he will be there next year. There's no, no doubt about that. He'll be there next or, year. It's, too it's early. a bad time, wasn't it, to be arguing for Reese James off the back of it that also was. game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it just horrible was. timing. Um, and then we had Andy Robertson chat. Frank said Andy Robertson, then everyone else after that. Uh, 56 Landon said Robertson by fires over a work rate per game is ridiculous. Never stops running. Annoyingly, he was that version of him last night and a really good assist for the goal as well. Um, so do get involved on Welcome to World Class. Go and have a little mooch at that. You can check it out on YouTube and there's loads of stuff on the on the website as well, 90min.com. And I think there's a, an entire section dedicated to Welcome to World Class there. So if you missed any of it, you can get uh, caught up and up to speed there. So just a quick shout to uh, remember to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, follow the boys on social as well. Um, let's get into the thick of the action. We'll start with the debate. Now, I'm going to kind of like skew this one a little bit. So Virgin Media are sponsoring us until the uh, the end of the year, which is really, really great. Um, and the debate that they want to have today is, are Spurs a genuine threat to Liverpool's title defence? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I understand why this is a conversation and why it makes a good title and, and people will be interested in listening to this debate. 
but you've got to look at the evidence. And the, and the fact is, is we, we were top before the game. There's over a, we're getting close to a third of the season being done. If that, if that doesn't suggest that we're at least in the title race, then, um, then nothing will. And people will just hold on to this idea of what Tottenham used to be. And Tottenham will always be that. And, and it may well be the case. Maybe this season will go that way. But at the moment, you've got to look at the evidence. And, and, and the fact is, we were, what was it, five minutes from leaving with a draw uh, and remaining top of the league. Um, it was good to see a, such an aggressive reaction from Klopp, from, from Liverpool fans, and because it meant something to them, which means that deep down they do consider us uh, a threat. It's irrelevant, though, really, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter what people think about Tottenham what will be will be and um and what will be is a title challenge <laughs> Chris think. Chris tell me are Spurs a genuine threat to Liverpool's title defense or has that gone out the window no you don't you don't say it's gone out the window over one game I'll stick to the to my original opinion that I don't think they're a, a, a genuine title threat um and I and I sort of kind of uh, so, wanna, it's, so it's gone out the window then. Is, wanna, it, is wanna, it still Chelsea? <laughs> is it wanna, still Chelsea? I wanna, I, well, we'll come on to that later on. But what I want to say is, with regards to sort of um, you guys feeling a bit sort of um, that the Liverpool fans have been a bit aggressive in terms of celebrating and whatever, it's because I think it's because of our own situation as well. We needed to see a situation with all our injuries and everything to see if we've still got the fight and battle to take on a top rival. Because at the end of the day, look. We had a six. We had a player who's playing a centre back who's playing for Kidder Minister Harriers last season, and a central midfielder playing at centre back against arguably the best two forwards in Europe, possibly. Right, and so for us, it's a massive achievement to still overcome our closest title challenges. You know, with with the team we had out yesterday. Um, so yeah, I think they're hundred percent, hundred percent guaranteed to finish in the top four. But that title challenge, I think, is probably a season or two away still, in my opinion. Grizz, it's oh, only fair that I give you the it's only fair that I give you the opportunity first, though, to kind of just enjoy that result. Because that must have felt very, very sweet at the end, seeing Firmino absolutely thump that header in and then going like I mean, that was probably the quickest he moved all game, charging back towards harsh, the cop. Harsh, harsh. But um <laughs> yeah, it was if it, um Liverpool fans kind of sort of love it a bit more when Bobby scores. Yeah, what is that? Well, I, I'm, um, I made a point a few weeks ago when I said, I think when the crowds get back into Anfield, Bobby might come alive because by nature, he's a showman. He's, he's, he's that kind of player. Do you know your, 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 your typical Brazilian flair loves it when the crowd goes, oh, you know, and sing his song. And, it's, and he's upped his game, even without the goal. He, I thought he was sublime, his touches and his link-up play, everything, his movement. He took shots, which is his biggest criticism. You know, he actually started taking shots now. And that comes with Bobby's confidence. Um, it was sweet because of the fact that, you know, the whole, whole the, I've been accused of calling him Jose too much. Is Jose, right? Yeah. Right. Thanks, Flav. Uh, do you know what? Hang on. <laughs> Thanks, Flav. <laughs> Jose. Look, i got to say, Grinch, before you say this, like, I'm, I'm terrible for this. I'm so British. Yeah. I won't correct someone. Yeah. I won't correct someone. And then after they finish talking, I'll be like, oh, got that wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no. mean, I, I, I won't just say. I've That's been getting slaughtered. I've been getting slaughtered. I, I let Mark call Flav Flav all day. It would have been worse if you'd have, it would have been worse if you'd have mentioned it. I'd, if it would have been awkward, innit? Yeah, it would have just yeah. leave it. It's fine. <laughs> doesn't matter. But it was okay. sweet. It was sweet, A, because they were on top. 
um, they were the, as, 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 as Flav says, they were the leaders of the Premier League. So that was, you know, a double-edged sword that we've overtaken them. And now we're the leaders. And it's probably, you know, I can, I can imagine it being really disheartening for the rest of the teams. Like, you know, we've hit top and, you know, everyone's talking about every other issue apart from Liverpool are very good at football. That's, that's you know a really good point. Flanders and, uh, Flanders and Boobs, as, as two of the chasing pack... Mid-table or relegation fodder, you mean? Was it? <laughs> I love it how he left me out of that. I love how he left me out of that. <laughs> uh, look, we'll, we'll come on to the relegation battle later. Look, like, what are you for, for you two? What are you thinking there? Are you in alignment with what Grizz said? That it is disheartening seeing that. We was there a little bit of you that was like, oh, come on, Spurs, yeah. cling on here. To to me, I I didn't. I would have preferred a draw going into that game, and I tweeted it as well. And afterwards, somebody sent me like two glasses clinking together and that emoji. And I was like, I wasn't really that bothered. Like in my wildest, like, I don't think Man United are going to challenge for the title this year. So it doesn't really bother me. Like the, you know, it would have been great from the perspective that United, if they win their two games in hand, could actually go level on points. If, if they would draw, it'd be great. But I don't have any confidence that United will reach those heights anyway. So it th- doesn't make that much of a difference to me. Um, I think, it was just one of those games. If Spurs had taken their chances, I think they would have won. It was it was who delivered at the crucial moment, and it was Liverpool. Really? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that Scott and I obviously had our game last week uh, in terms of the, the the derby, and we both saw each other's teams at the same time, sort of thing. And, and we're so far off. I mean, I know I was winding Scott up all you know for the last <laughs> few weeks about you know United, United struggling. But... And they were better than us in the derby, so we're we're miles off. And I loved the game last night. I loved the game. I know Spurs lost. Yeah, me too. It's easy. Easy games where Spurs could have won it as well. Obviously, as Scott said, but Liverpool and Spurs are. I think they're head and shoulders above us, City and United. You know, I think the quality. I think um, the way you challenge. I think even the the energy. I don't think City have got the energy to 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 have the ball to to go up against these guys and and try and get points. And, and Spurs, to be fair, did. They just they got unlucky with a. A world-class header. Right, for the title, just so I can tee this up, so we can put Spurs bottle the title race, Flav, passionate, explicit rant in capital letters. Give us us the juice, Flav. Can I smash a chair, please? (laughs) I'll pay for any damage. Um, um... You're in your own house as well. I love that. (laughs) My missus comes downstairs like, you fucking will pay for that damage, you idiot. Um, Look, look, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what, part of the reason why it was so painful to concede when we did, right? Because when you, you're watching the game, and all of us will know exactly what I'm about to say. When you, if you, if you can see two goals in the first five, ten minutes, and then you score one in the second half, and you think there's a bit of a comeback on, you've got an hour, 90 minutes to process what's happening, right? To lose in the last, in the dying embers of a game like that, you have to process so much so quickly. You've lost the game. Um, you're now second in the league. You're, um, you, you've got to deal with the, the fallout. I've got to come back on this show tomorrow and ex- talk about it. Do you know what I mean? You're just thinking, oh, fuck. But after a while, after, after um, you know, an hour or two, you just start thinking, you go, well, actually, we could have won the game. We hit the post. Harry Kane, 99 times out of 10, hits the target. And, you know, and that's st- a great strike rate. 99 times out of 100 <laughs> he, he scores he scores that head that header and if you look at if I'm being 
like, being, no, no, no. If I'm being, if I'm being, got my Tottenham hat on completely, mm. you know, nine times out of ten, the ball doesn't come off Dyer and go in the bottom corner. And for me, those header was world class. You know, that was so difficult to do. But they got the balls in the net and we didn't, so they win. But I, I, I walk away from it philosophical. I'm thinking they've, we, they've got to come to White Hart Lane so we can reverse the result there. We've gone through the last difficult, difficult in inverted commas, fixture is, is Leicester at the weekend. We've just lost to Everton. If we beat them, this all looks sort of much better. And then we've got a run of fixtures that we're all winnable for uh, 10 to 15 games. I feel like I should I give think... Liverpool fans a bit of what they want here. Like, uh, I'll be honest, it was painful. That really, really hurt me. I'm philosophical, like like Flav is, but that really pained me seeing the way that happened. For one to fly in off Dyer's ass and to concede from a set piece because Dyer slipped over and then Toby Alderweireld's caught between two players. That was so painful. And what's even more painful is that the narrative then switches mentality monsters, uh, people sort of going like, oh, it's a clash of philosophies, it's a clash of styles, football one over anti-football. No, I, no, I thought that was a bit weird. No, yeah, yeah. No, but, you, you're always going to get that. You're always going to get that, the anti-football. There's no right way of playing. We know that. And we know Jose does this in big games where he he prefers not to lose. You know, he enjoys, you know, he... He hates losing more than he enjoys winning. Yeah, he would have loved to draw. And he would have loved to draw so, there. So, and so, therefore, you can sometimes understand why people would look sort of to say that football won. I'm I'm glorifying in the way that we approach games, and that's from my side of view. That's that's Jurgen Klopp, and that's why I think Jurgen Klopp has got you know much much better chance of winning the league than Jose has in this day and age. Um, look, Jose plays on mistakes from opponents. He waits, he waits, he waits, and he's brilliant at it. Spurs were brilliant. In that first half, they clung on. If that was a boxing match, it would have been over at halftime with the amount of possession, chances, you know, um, you know, and just situations we created through just sheer attacking intent. But Jose played the game that we all knew he was going to play. As soon as he dropped Ndombele and Regulon, who I've been raving on about, right, in the, in the rematch, we knew what kind of game it's going to be, right? He brought in Davis, who basically was another centre-back, played right alongside them. And Aurier the, didn't go past halfway line, saying that he'd done a brilliant job on Mane. So we knew what was going to happen. He's got the two most informed attackers up front and, a, you know, a couple of mistakes because it's very difficult to keep Harry Kane and Son out for 90 minutes. It's, it's near. They will create two situations a game. And they did, but they didn't take them. Um, and, and that's the story of the game. I'm, you know, it was intent to attack and intent to draw. Harry, did did you now that you've seen that result, are you thinking Liverpool might run away with this? Is there any part of you that's like, do you know what, they could be out of sight soon? I'm not going to say that they're going to run away with it in the sort of same nature that they did last year, but obviously it's a massive sign when, as Grizz has mentioned, they're missing key players, yet they're still managing to get points over their what you would class as their closest rivals at the moment. I think sort of going back to the whole kind of Mourinho style of football thing you know you just have to accept that if you're going to play that way what happened to Spurs last night will happen sometimes if you give somebody 70 odd percent of the ball and they and you allow them double the attempts at goal in you it doesn't always work in opposition box as well it was like 200 versus 19 that's it I mean 
we can sit and praise Mourinho's style when it works and, and rightly so, but you also have to understand the drawbacks of playing that way. Yeah. And we saw that yesterday. If you give the, op- the opposition, an opposition as good as Liverpool, um, that much of the ball, that much of the game, there is a risk that if you do not take your opportunities as, as Spurs didn't, then you will pay for it. And it, it's kind of like everybody always wants to sort of praise Jose when that goes goes right. But I think also you should criticise it as well on a night like last night where it didn't work because percentages, you're giving up too much for me for you to... Have, like people say that Spurs... I've spoken to a couple of Spurs fans, uh, friends of mine, who, who were insisting that Spurs were completely in control of that game. You, For me, I, I've said this before on here, you cannot be completely in control of a game if you give up that much to the opposition. Therefore, you always run the risk of getting of, of conceding a late goal and getting beat. And, and that's just the associated risk with that style of play. I think Mourinho would class that as controlling the game, though. Would like in in his own interviews and things like that, he would he would, and he actually said it that they were the better team, the best team lost. Um, I get where he's coming from. I, I don't I, really? I, I know I'm you, you can see it both ways. You can see it both ways, but in in his own eyes, in his own eyes of football and philosophy, that's that's how he succeeds. So he's going to say Jose's that. Jose's playing, um, Jose, though, isn't he? A lot of what he says, you have to take. Um, he is. He is. Sorry, sorry, Scott. But I w- but I was going to say it, it. literally is as simple as Spurs had the clear cut chances in that game. That they they worked the opportunities. They they had three moments probably where they should have scored. They scored one, maybe three or four. I can't remember exactly which. But the two chances that Bergvine had, Mourinho's tactics rely on you taking those yeah. chances. If that was Son or Kane, they would have been goals. It was just, well, it happened that it was Bergvine. I completely I agree with pretty much everything Harry just said. Um, when things don't go right, the tactic looks horrible. And when it does go right, it looks like genius. And you do have to take your medicine when it doesn't work. And And last night... It was easier to take last night than, say, you know, um, Sheffield United last season when we got beat 3-0 because it was just nothing worked that day. Yesterday, you can't, you could argue that we had three really good chances and, and scored one. But you don't always score good chances. Yeah. People, strikers miss good chances all the time. And if you don't give yourself enough of them, you will sometimes fall short. Love, and I that's why I accept- that? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Do, do, sorry? do, do you think that there's a... Um, that maybe there's a possibility that players like Stevie Bergwijn will will struggle because of that, because you're going to get, you're not just saying to him, Stevie, you're going to get a great opportunity. It's like, Stevie, you've got one chance. You must score. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He will, he will struggle. Uh, it will struggle also because he's just not good enough. He's not to the, the, le- the level we're at. I just don't feel like if we want to win the league, playing Steven Bergwijn in every game, isn't going to, it means, you know, we just don't have the personnel to do it. Um, but that's not his fault. He's been asked to play and he does his best. And you're 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 trying to make a feast out of a famine in terms of a striker striker's position. So yeah, it, it affects that. But he did, look, he did well to get into the position. He, that was he hit the post. It wasn't he didn't fluff his lines completely. He was unlucky, you know. And, yeah. and um, but he, he another game that perhaps he would have scored. But he's that's what football's about. It's a game of inches. It goes one to the left. Hundred percent. And, everyone's, and you have to accept that this is the way the football game matches go. 100% and it is. Can't, you, so, you can't get... But also, also, you can't... Um, like Having good chances in a game, have a, having a two, three good chances in a game doesn't mean necessarily that the 
you know, the best team lost or you was the best team. Not, I'm not saying you were saying it, but a lot of Spurs were saying, oh, we had great chances. Well, yeah, you did. Um, but somebody, far, somebody in my, my Twitter reply said they battered Liverpool. And I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> by, 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 no, far, you didn't. <laughs> by far, if you look at every other stat, um, you know, we've, we've nearly doubled or tripled in some cases, you know, the, the, the numbers. And also the eye test. I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm assuming everyone saw the game. And, you know, it's quite clear to see, you know, who was the better team in that game. As Scott says, in his mind, he might have got the tactics right. But, you know, we forget the situations we created, are, are, you know. And I don't know, I also wanted to ask you guys a question in terms of what was your mindset when he made those changes? Because I was relieved, man. When I didn't see Reglion and Ndombele, I thought he's, he's seen... Uh, we've got a 19-year-old in central midfield, Curtis Jones, who, by the way, a lot of people are starting to recognise really as a player. Right? I, wanted, I wanted to say that he was mustard. I he's, mean, everyone's talking super. about, you know, the likes of Foden and Greenwood and Grealish, but this guy is 19 and he's playing when we need him. We've got no bodies and we're relying on a 19-year-old. And but you know he's good enough to play. He's good enough to play. I yeah. don't see him as a weakness. The only but weakness get, he had but, was that centre-back. That I can't but remember. Flav, but no, but what I'm saying is you see... Um, that was a strong Williams. team though, Grizz. You keep talking about the injuries. That was a strong no, team. No, no, it's a strong team because, you know, it proved it. I get that. But there is fear from a Liverpool fan point of view. When you see a 19-year-old up against Sane... Uh, um, yeah, but that was, the, that was the one weakness in that side. Other than that, you were... Yeah, you that look, at it, look at it in a different way though, right? It's only a weakness because Klopp has not opted to use those young players. Like the, the, the quality is there. Curtis Jones is good enough. He Other is, managers will point, blood youngsters coming through. They my, they will do that. So my, in those my, games, they're ready for them. The the injury problems. I don't have that much sympathy really. Because no, no, that's fine. At the end, Van Dyke is the only one. He's the only one. Yes, you can talk about squad rotation, but yeah. in the Champions League, crucial. dead rubber. He played Diogo Jota, who is yeah. a. Per- who could yeah. come in. So no, it overall, works both ways. Overall, the injuries do hamper because the fact that we tired in the second half, a lot of people look you past that. You didn't make that. any changes, Grizz. It's, it's, but this is it. We were so settled in our system. We were so... It was... I think he was caught up and, and the players coming back have literally just come back from injury. Ox and Naby Keita are literally... And who are real, realistically our only two options have just come back from injury. High-octane game like this. Um, you know, it was difficult to change that. And um, so... But... Look, at the end of the day, when I saw Jose's, menta- Jose's mentality of not going for it, even a little bit with Ndombele and Reguilón, I they, thought, we're going to camp in your half. And eventually, as, as, as Harry says, eventually the better teams will eventually pick you off. But I don't think they will, because we've played most of the better teams and we've lost one game effectively this season, uh, Everton. And, oh, no, you know, you're not, you, no, no, you're better than the rest, that's why. Yeah, I, I said that in the preview the other day. I think Liverpool are actually good enough to do what Chelsea yeah. couldn't do. That's so that's one team that's going to do it. So I, I, I'm quite happy, all, all. I, I, and I accept the result yesterday, and I accept that these results will happen. And I don't think the best team uh, lost. I thought Liverpool were the best team, mm. uh, but we had the best chances. And on another another game, the result would have gotten. It was another... the best. It was one of the best games of the season so far in terms of quality. Some, and of, the, some of the guys I spoke to said it's the best game they've seen since, since the Champions yeah. League final, which is oh, probably I love right. It. I'm so pleased that people have kind of like been able Proper to recognise that because it's like game? I think it's easy. I think it's easy to kind of be reductionist about the styles. Like you know, when there was all that chat afterwards, and people were like that. Like I said before, that anti football versus football thing. I was like, no, it's just two complete opposing styles. And like you felt at every moment throughout the game that all it would take was 
one little thing, one little rub of the green to go Spurs' way and they were in on goal. But one defensive slip for Spurs and Liverpool score, you know, it was so finely poised that you, even for neutrals, I imagine, you're probably sitting there like, oh my God, at any moment, this could just explode into action. Chris, just quickly, because I don't feel we've done enough on why, why Liverpool were good. Who else would you like to kind of single out from, from a Liverpool point of view that you felt really performed out of their Well, skin? you've touched upon Robertson, but I wanted to touch upon sort of, uh, again, Henderson. Um, I just thought he was immense as a leader. He knew he had a, a 19 year old with him in, in midfield that he had to, he has, even though he's brilliant and he's talented, he still needs sort of direction. And Henderson done that. Simultaneously, he also had a 19 year old behind him who he had to sort of cover and make sure he protected and play his own game up against Hoiberg and, and, uh, the Celso and who's the other midfielder, Sissoko. Three very effective, hard-working players who are never going to give him time. Yet he Can we just time. give a shout-out to the moment Hoiberg pulled the, pulled the shirt back of one of Liverpool's Yeah, players. typical I Jose. I think Jose must have <laughs> fist-pumped him, you know, and that, that was a proper moment, proper moment for Jose, because that was pure Jose, wasn't it? But Henderson, Fabinho, again, you know, playing, playing in, in a centre-back in a position that he's very, very new to. Um, again, I thought we'd done fantastic. As I said, you're always going to create, you're always going to give chances to Kane and Son, you know, better centre-backs than Reese Williams and, and Fabinho have, have given up chances. So I thought they, on the whole, done a magnificent job. But Fabinho and um, uh, Henderson really stood out for me, personally. Uh, Chris, just in a, in a line as well, just tell us about this weekend. How are you feeling about the Palace game? I mean, uh, they've got the potential to, to hurt you. It's yeah, not a foregone conclusion, is it? Yeah, our waveform has been dodgy. Uh, at home, I'm always confident, regardless of how the game's panning out, we will win the game. Uh, but away from home, it's a total different story. Don't ask me why. I think my, my, my major um, excuse or reason for the away form is probably that we can't rotate enough. We've got to go again. Again, for, for Sunday, I can't see many changes apart from hopefully Matip coming back uh, and maybe one of the midfielders getting a try. Um, but yeah, Palace have shown that this season they've got a threat out front with Eze, um, um, Zaha and there's another one that was playing really well. Can't sure, doing back. well. Benteke scored again last night. Yeah, exactly. So they've got, they've got far more about them than in seasons gone, you know, where they were very defensive and Roy Hodgson playing his game. So I think it's going to be another fantastic game. One thing that could help us is the fact that they haven't got a crowd in. Um, unfortunate for them. But, yeah, that was massive for them at the Palace weekend. It made such Palace, a difference. Palace crowd is one of the noisiest I've ever been to. It's, it's a magnificent following yeah, they've got. Night, it felt like, I only know there's 2,000. It so much more. Sorry, Flavio, you went a bit quiet there. I think your mic's turned down a little bit. But did you say it sounded like a lot more than 2,000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded, it sounded like um, certainly on, on on TV. It just sounded a lot more than two thousand. The players would have definitely reacted. It. You saw Firmino's celebration. How important it was with him to to connect with the Liverpool fans. So um, yeah, it will be a it will be a big miss for Palace at the weekend. Yeah, massive. On, on this, um, on the will Liverpool run away with it and that kind of stuff and their their games ahead. I I always thought Liverpool could win that game. But like you saw at Fulham the other day, that I think they're a little bit more susceptible to dropping points where you don't expect them to now. And I think it was a it was a really good game. Um, but I don't think it's it's over by any stretch. No, I no, think no, no. It, yeah. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to be as simple as 
you know, Liverpool will go and win every single game this season now because, like like Riz says, they're knackered. There's a lot of players who are tired. There's injuries. They have to rotate. They don't necessarily, not necessarily able to. And it'll be an interesting one. I think, I really think that there's loads more surprises left in this season yet. Tottenham Hotspur will win this league. There's a guarantee. <laughs> Slabs back at it. Well, back at it. Mate, I'm well, I'm just, even after last night, I just think, I think we've got it. I've got it in the bag. It's there. I love it. I love it. I love the confidence. That's right, Boovy. Boovy, come on. I need to know from you what happened uh, with West Brom. Like, that was a, was a bizarre set of, set of circumstances in that game, wasn't it? Seeing uh, Bilic go as well off the back of having, like, performed so well. Yeah. I think that says a lot, doesn't it? That Bilic went. It shows you West Brom thought they probably should have beaten us. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> um, I think our centre-backs are performing pretty well. I think our attack's not too bad. It's not too different. I think it's just the midfield. He's, he keeps opting to play Rodri in a midfield that's so flat, so slow. It doesn't create enough chances. We're talking about Liverpool creating loads of chances where I suppose maybe we didn't create enough chances to win a game. City just aren't creating enough chances. We were so poor against Man United. Um, obviously, I didn't do gas tanks on Monday to talk about that, but that was... I'm sure Scott agrees in terms of the, the, spectacle, the spectacle of the game, but it was such a poor match. Um, and West Brom was, was, was no different, really. Obviously, poor keeping from Edison. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't get it. We're talking about Curtis Jones. I'm sat there listening to you guys chat about, about Liverpool, and I'm like, Phil Foden didn't start against Man United. He didn't play. I don't think he played particularly well against West Brom. Um, why, isn't he, why isn't he being given the sort of creative freedom to, to go out and try and change the <clears throat> fortunes of City? So against Southampton, the likes of Foden have to start. We have to drop one of these defensive midfielders. You can't have Gundogan and Rodri every game. You're not going to win a game. We're not going to win a game with those two in midfield. It's so flat and boring. Um, so, so yeah, against West Brom, I thought it was just so it was just another flat performance. Uh, at the end of the day, City have bought into this. We, we're we're going to spend 30 million quid on Guardiola Sadio for the next two years to see more of that. I mean, we're not seeing anything change. So yeah, it's a little bit a little bit depressing. Just, just a little bit, just a smidge. Um, but I think also, I, I know I've said this to you before, Booby. It's like the manner of, of the way you're you're sort of giving away points. I, I find watching City, I'd, it, it's similar to what we said before as well about the invincibility thing. But I've, I've never felt like you've been so, um, so likely to give people massive opportunities. Do you know what I mean? And that wasn't the only one. West Brom had big chances in that game where you're thinking they could have gone ahead. Yeah, arguably, for, for, for relative to the standard of football that both teams play and where we are, they probably had the better game than us. You know, it's just not good enough. And does this City side now actually reminds me a little bit of the, not to dig out Arsenal, but the, the Arsenal side that has Nasri, Arshavin, Van Perthi, looked really good on the eye, um, but is obviously a little bit, Past winning the league, it gave up too many chances. It wasn't didn't have enough fight. It looked good, and the and the players sort of strolled around the pitch, knocking the ball around, um, and they obviously didn't have enough to win the league. And, and this the West Brom results was so poor because look against against top six, Guardiola has been figured out. There's no question. We were so poor against Spurs. We were poor against Leicester if you include them in that. I was expecting us to smash the likes of Burnley, West Brom, Fulham week in week out, and that would be enough to get the points total to make us competitive. Look, if we win our game in hand, we can, we're still five points behind Liverpool, which it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but against Southampton, look, I think we're going to get smashed. I think Southampton are favourites on Saturday. That's how poor we are. You were away for that. You were away. Yeah, we're away. Um, 
I don't know what their uh, their tier system is. You know, a load of rubbish is tier system anyway. But um, they're, they're probably going to smash us, to be honest, with that four. Do you think it's so, a personnel thing? Do you th- I, I think it could be. You know, you talk about like Guardiola's football's been figured out. Um, he's used the same players for a lot of the time. I know you got like of Ferran Torres and Foden. I'd argue is a bit different as well because he's not really been a regular for that much time. But it seems like they've dropped off a level and they're kind of used to. You know, they, they do it, they've been playing this football for years and you probably can't keep the same, same energy up when it's not new to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I look at every Guardiola side. You talk about Hoiberg for, uh, for Mourinho. He's a Mourinho kind of player. And this is probably the first season in, in Guardiola's career where he doesn't have a player that's already at the club that he can identify with. I think you look at Philip Lahm, Xavi Alonso at Bayern Munich are good examples of sort of established professionals. Obviously, Xavi, Iniesta, Puyo at Barcelona. Man City, we don't have David Silva. Aguero's been injured. He can't lead the line. Edison isn't really there as a sort of leader. He's a good goalkeeper. No company, no Yaya. Uh, Rodri's not there. Fernandinho's injured. It's a mess at the moment in terms of this consistency because West Brom would have been a result. We, we nicked 1-0, um, even under Mancini and Pellegrini. It's just, it's just not, it's not, it's, it's not good enough. And Guardiola needs to figure it out ASAP because we're losing ground to size. Even Spurs, I look at Spurs, who beat us comfortably a few weeks ago. They lost to Liverpool, but they could have beaten Liverpool. We lost to Liverpool last season and we didn't look like beating them at all. So it's levels to it. So I'm very worried about Saturday, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think you look at the table as well. The, the Spurs have dropped in the last two games, not just the defeat to Liverpool. They dropped two points against Palace as well. And you think City, really, the City of old, they capitalise on that. They win both of these games, six points instead of two points, and then you're back up with us. Do you know what I mean? You're sitting there, sitting there on what, 24, 25? Yeah. Um, and that just, that for me sort of sums it all up. And I think it's probably the same for Arsenal as well. Um, like Arsenal, I've sort of got to that point where I'm I'm looking at Arsenal results. I'm not even thinking they're going to make up the, the ground. I don't, that's not me just gassing up Arsenal. It's just genuinely last night, I, I thought Southampton were clear were clear favourites in that one. Is that fair, Harry, or am I bit got I got my Spurs tinted glasses on? I think going into that game, given the current form of the two sides, you can be forgiven for thinking that Southampton were the favourites. They've played some really good stuff this season. Um, Arsenal's home record has been dreadful in the Premier League. So yeah, it's not being it's not being unfair. The thing with with Arsenal is, you know, it only takes it the, the way the Premier League is this season. It only takes five or six wins, and you could be, I'm not going to say in the race for the top four, but you could be back closer to where you need to be. I think taking into consideration the circumstances around last night, draws not the end of the world, and I, I kind of hate myself for saying this because as an Arsenal fan, I've been spoiled. I've been brought up during a time where Arsenal were always one of the Premier League powerhouses. And then to sort of sit here and say that a draw at home to Southampton is an acceptable result, it it feels wrong. But the reality is that Southampton are are flying high up at the top of the Premier League. Arsenal have been in, in real dire straits and it was about stopping the rot. It was about making sure that we didn't get beat again. And any chance we had of, I think, winning the game, went out the window when we went down to 10 men again. And obviously discipline is something that Mikel Arteta needs to work on because three red cards in four games is is just making what is already a very difficult period even harder. Um, what would you put it down to, Harry? A lot of the players have come out and said after yesterday's game that they're, they're, um, they're feeling nervous at the moment because of the way things are going and, and they're 
making silly mistakes. Look, I don't. I think that Gabriel was silly to get sent off yesterday. I thought some of the challenges he made were needless. Um, I thought that he was often pressing alone, which, you know, it doesn't work like that. I think we can all agree if you're going to press as a, a backline, you have to do it as a group and you have to come out and squeeze the game up. And you found Gabriel getting sucked into situations that maybe he shouldn't have been sucked into. But I obviously take less issue with someone getting sent off for two yellow cards when they're genuinely trying to get the ball as opposed to Granite Xhaka grabbing somebody by the throat or Nicolas Pepe putting his head in someone's face. So you can accept that one a little bit more, but to get three red cards in, in four games is an issue. Um, and, you know, as I say, we're not playing well at the moment. Some of the positives are Aubameyang got a goal. Um, Bukayo Saka played well again, and I, he hasn't played very well for the last few weeks, um, contrary to what people will tell you. You know, Arsenal fans have this thing where, they want to protect Saka all the time. And I get that because he's young, but he hasn't played very well for a while. And, and yesterday he was he was excellent. So, yeah, you know, as I say, it's um, still a lot of work to be done, but it was about stopping the rot. And if you're trying to turn a big ship around, you know, you have to do it slowly. And, you know, let's, let's stop getting beat. Um, difficult game coming up at the weekend at Everton, which isn't ideal. And then Chelsea after that. So that's not ideal either. But, uh, you know, it's... Um, you take it and you move on. More of a uh, dinghy than a ship, I would say. But, uh, <laughs> can you hear me all right? Is my sound all right? Now yeah, it is, yeah. Great, all right. Sorry, it, I, I, it, actually... was, it, went, it went down when you said Spurs are going to win the league. We couldn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely uh, anything. Can I, can I, weirdly, can I just um, defend Arteta's performance in Arsenal last night? Um, Absolutely I, I, not. I watched the game <laughs> and um, I thought, obviously loved it when Walcott scored, celebrated like he didn't even, never played for Arsenal. That was wonderful. Um, and then they went down to 10 men. And then I thought, I thought that Arsenal's performance showed character and they were excellent. In the, They've lost their best defender, um, of the, their best defender, hands down their best defender, uh, by, by, by sending off. And then they started, they got compact, they got organised, uh, they had opportunities on the break. If I was an Arsenal fan, given the fact of what I'd witnessed previously, I would have I would have looked at that and thought, actually, no, there's something here. And Artes perhaps isn't the the, the joke that um, that people think he is. Um, but I don't I feel like it might be it might be a little bit too late given the fixture run. But I think I I would worry more, I think, if Arsenal kept Arteta in the long run than than if they sacked him now because if they sack him you know after Everton and, and Chelsea if that those games don't go well then um then they have to reboot and rethink and there's always a risk with that and it's a you know a longer process. But I genuinely saw enough in that to think if I was an Arsenal fan, um, you know, a level headed one like Harry is, that there's there's more to come from Arteta if he's given the chance. I feel strange so go on, Harry. I was just going to say what was most interesting for me in the kind of fallout of, of that game was was that so many players um, made a point of it not being a coaching issue. You know, we've spoken a lot in recent weeks about, um, you know, maybe fallings out behind the scenes about people maybe not necessarily being on board. But Aubameyang came out and, and spoke about it. Burn Leno came out and spoke about it. So it was interesting to see some of the, the, the senior players coming out after the game and getting behind the coach and backing the coach. And yes, there are players that Mikel Arteta has got a bad relationship with, but what was evident after yesterday's game was actually, there's probably still more that are on board with him. 
And um, I've said it to you guys before, I don't see Mikel Arteta being sacked before the end of the season. So um, as Arsenal fans, instead of spending our time being outraged and calling for his head, I think we need to just kind of accept that he's going to be here and just hope that he can get us back on track. Do you think um, seeing the fact that we're talking about Arsenal picking up a point at home to Southampton as a as a like a, a kind of the, the start of a, a turning point? Do you think that shows what the ambition should be this season, or do you think that's genuinely enough of a kind of right? Okay, you've got to stop the rot somewhere and start building some momentum in order to progress up the table. It's a hard one because look, Southampton are not a club, like an esteemed club that you should be thinking of draws, except for exactly what Harry said. Um, look, as a City fan, when when I was seeing the likes of uh, uh, Stuart Pearce manage us and we were getting close to the relegation zone at points, like, I'm, I'm not trying to slag off Harry, I'm just saying, you've got to make a decision as a fan. Do I do I still want to back this just for the sake of sort of integrity or not? Um, I actually think it's at the point now where there must be some managers out there that are better than Arteta that could do a better job and get Arsenal up to the top of the table where they deserve to be in the top in the top six, whatever you think of that. Um, I, st- I still don't think it's good enough to be joining Southampton. Ten men, uh, you know, Fav made, made a good point about the resilience sort of aspects of that. But at the end of the day, the last five results have been awful for Arsenal Football Club historically. It's one of the worst starts they've ever had in their, in their history. Is Arteta the man to do it? I'm not too sure, to be honest, still after that, after that point. I don't know if Harry agrees, but there must be there must be managers out there that could still do a better job in in this market that, that, that are sort of un, you know not not contracted to any other club. There must be there must be managers out there. I think there are managers out there that would give you a quicker upturn. I, I definitely think that, and I thought that when Mikel first came in, for all the positives, there wasn't really that. Apart from the FA Cup campaign, there wasn't really a new manager bounce when Mikel came in. Um, it was very sort of up and down. It was very sort of you know, up like this and you, you, you weren't really sure where it was going. And then the FA Cup obviously got everybody on board and and then we've gone back to kind of being up and down again, more down at the moment. So I do agree that somebody more experienced, somebody a bigger name, somebody with maybe a little bit more authority would get us in a better position. But we're talking about a football club that needs a complete rebuild. And I think that unless you support Arsenal and you are really focused on everything that's going on behind the scenes and the, the group of players that we have and all the kind of internal issues, the the lack of stability in the boardroom upstairs behind the scenes. I think unless you're you're really into Arsenal and you really nail down on that, you don't really appreciate it. And I'm not saying that you guys don't, but until you're there, I don't think you really understand how much of a rebuild this club needs as opposed to it just being an underperforming team at the moment. Okay, we've got to move on to look at at Man United, Flanders, you've got an opportunity now. How many times have we had this conversation, Ben? But you, it's different now. It's many, different. Is it, so, <laughs> you're in the title race, this mate. Conversation. Big time. You're <laughs> bang in the title race. You, but you, but it is it is different because we've we've used that um, that game in hand as a stick to beat United with. Yeah. We've been sort of pissing around saying that United will lose that game and it will make things even worse. If United win those two games, it's only Liverpool that they sit behind. Yeah, if, if they... And for context, they're against Burnley and Sheffield United. Sheffield United's tonight. Both away. United's away form is impeccable. I think they've won every away game this season so far, which is, yeah, considering the narrative that goes around them, is, is a bit of a surprise. Um, I, just, I would just like to see a bit of consistency <laughs> in performance and results. But even performances, you know, because it's... Still feel like they're a bit scattergun with 
even in games where they'll be brilliant for the last half an hour at West Ham and absolutely trash for the first 60 minutes. Um, but in context, they are actually in a position where they can capitalise. If they win those two games in hand, they're not going to play. I don't know when they play in Burnley, by the way. It's not been scheduled yet. So that game in hand is going to be there for a long time. Um, but they could, if they win those two games in hand, theoretically have as many wins this season as Liverpool have. And the only like top big six team they haven't played yet is Liverpool <laughs> in this first half of the season. What so, when's that, Florence? Just how long we got? Mid January. Mid January at Anfield first. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, it would be just like the United that I know at the moment to lose to the worst team in Premier League history at this point of the season tonight. <laughs> no. But, can't happen. Just, it won't happen. They, they've just got to screw their heads on and concentrate on performing and delivering and see where it takes them because they are good enough to do it. They just need to do it more often. They've beaten some brilliant teams over the last year. Um, I'd just like to see it, you know, strength, uh, stretch out into a full 90 minutes or just for them to be quite careful and manage things. Um, I still think there's a bit of naivety there. There's still going to be results that come up, probably, which catch you by surprise in the sense of I didn't expect them to lose that one. But given in the context of the season, they're not in a bad position with the games in hand that they have. The results have been so kind to everyone. It's ridiculous. Teams drop points and it feels like everyone drops points. You know, it's it's mad at the moment. Like, like I was just saying about the Spurs thing. Equally, like for Southampton, what an opportunity. For Leicester, what an opportunity. <clears throat> Leicester go and throw one against Everton. You think like the way Leicester performed at the weekend's, weekend against Brighton and how good they were in that game, how clinical and ruthless they were. They then go and ship goals against Everton. It's just completely that's because, bizarre. That's because Don Carlo's a legend and Brendan's a fraud. There you go. How many <laughs> um, <laughs> if Aston Villa win all of their games in hand, they'll be second. I've just made oh, This I've is just done chaos. It is. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, boys. This yeah, is I'm the down. best Premier League season in this is what it should be like. We're, we're so conditioned in the last madness. few years to having one team or two teams being bloody amazing and everyone being trash. the micro leagues as well, right? We, we yeah. used to the micro leagues. We are, but blocks. this is how it should be. When you when you think about, like, in terms of the quality of players at each of these clubs, the amount of spending that each of these clubs put in, and the quality of the, the teams who are the Southamptons and your Evertons and the teams who are in that maybe second or third tier. These results should be happening. That That's exactly what, this is what it should be like. Um, no, and I it's agree. really nice. It's I nice. Agree. We, we, we often called it boring and, you know, seasons gone by. Apart from when Man City and Liverpool were absolutely neck and neck, that was a brilliant sort of race. But this one's far more open. We've discussed it. And, and look, banter and gas aside, it is. There's no one who's going to walk away with it or run away with it. Um, it's going to be a, an, an absolute race to the, to the end, which... Uh, We'll or a limp, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I'll t- so long as so long as it's neck and so neck, much. I'll take it. Yeah. So talk yeah. about every, every, there's storylines that I've met every weekend just throws up new stuff, and I, I, I love. It. I haven't. I, I I've got to be honest, boys. I, last couple of seasons, as especially during the Pochettino's last year when they when we were so bad, that was such a bad year. Apart from getting to the Champions League final, which was like you mentioned about the FA Cup being a. Uh, a kind of an anomaly in in the new manager bounce. That 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 Champions League papered over so many cracks. It was unreal, and we saw what happened. I just kind of was falling out of love with it, and I wasn't watching any games other than Tottenham. 
this season I've watched more football, I think, than than since I first fell in love with football. It's been fantastic. It reminds me a bit of the nineties, like the nineties yeah. and the, the early two thousands. Like yeah. yeah, absolutely. And in, it, in it, it does of... still have that feel, even though Liverpool were great against Spurs. The more I reflect on it, the more I'm also trying to take into account the result against Fulham. I'm like, that could happen again. Yeah. You know I mean, this week, the, the fact that the fact that we're talking into sort of Palace and saying, look, your opening line was they can they can hurt you, and, and I agreed. Like normally, we'd brush off Palace and say, yeah, that's another three points, and then we're going to get being to eight nine points, and then it's over. But you can't. You generally, I generally can't see that, and I mean that. I'm not being pessimistic i'm not being sort of negative i generally it's, it's a mad mad season. you know it's a good season when I mean, sebastian haller scores overhead kicks like that as well yeah overhead <laughs> kicks. Christian Benteke, unbelievable Christian Benteke back in amongst the goals of like a diving header like what is going on Love unbelievable it. mad west ham go above man city in the league like what just... David Moyes isn't a fraud, isn't an absolute Booby failure anymore. It. You know, it's the worst season. <laughs> this is your way. Can we say? Can we all agree? Can we all agree? We want West Bromwich to get Sam. No, I right. thought you would. I thought you so, would. You're so Brexit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, Sam Allardyce, you're sagging him off. He's one of the top managers in England. There's no, no he's, he's not. He's not. He's not England top managers in England at all. At all. I'll do. Uh, a poll. We'll do a is poll. Is he world class? Is he world class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is David Moyes world class? Sam Allardyce is on the same level as David Moyes, no question. He's, he will keep them up. Yeah, he will. He I think, so I think and that's all that matters to them, isn't it? I, I, we, I want Burnley down. I don't know if everyone else is. If yes. We yeah. who want to go Number down, one. I'm sick of them. Burnley, get just go. Enough, yeah, but according, yeah, but according to Boovey's logic, uh, Sean Dyche is one of the top managers in, no, in this country as well. Sam Allardyce. He keeps he keeps clubs up. Is that is that Sam a sign Allardyce. of a great manager? Keeping clubs up. Sam Allardyce took Bolton into the Europa League, beat Atletico Madrid. All these teams got them to what semi final of the Europa League or something. He's a top manager. You're disrespecting him just because you think. You think Would you have him, Boovey? So, so you can say oh, he was a top manager. If he was a top manager, Boovey, if he was a top yeah. manager, he wouldn't be that guy that, that just pops up every now and again. When was the last time he worked? <laughs> no, was the last time he worked? I would have taken England, John. Yeah, exactly. I I he's a disgraced <laughs> England manager. He's a disgraced yeah. England manager. <laughs> That's what he is. He's an idiot. Harry, I didn't realise you felt so strong. He's an idiot. Jesus Christ, Harry. I didn't know you. <laughs> He's a disgraced England manager. He went, going, got, bro. he went and got drunk in a pub and basically threw the England job away because he's a, a, a prat. That's, that's, a... that's not my point, is it? My point is the FA hired him for a reason because he's still, despite... No, the, the, FA, the FA hired him. There's a hundred... There's more than 100 better managers out there. The FA hired him because they want to go down the English. They want to stay up. There isn't any. He's a very good manager. And there's a point where Man City, I think we sacked, I think we sacked Stuart Pierce, and there was a point where he was rumoured actually. Uh, <laughs> and I would have taken him at the time. No, no gas. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a point in the season, isn't there, where Newcastle will play West Brom. And like Steve Bruce and Sam Allardyce's <laughs> eyes will meet, and they'll just both have to lean in for the kiss, won't they? It's just like finally, finally they've got us both back, back over a pint of gravy. 
That's so true. I mean, Jude, one of our writers on the UK team, he like regularly shares this picture of Alan Brazil and Sam Allardyce sitting next to each other, <laughs> holding up their talk sport mugs. And it like, it's just so perfect. I just can't, I'm amazed. I really thought that um, that era might have been coming to a close. And this might be the last time we see the the, the, the kind of like the circle, but um, I, I really did think that we were done with that idea of you bring in a manager and he steadies the ship and then I'll see you, see you later 18 months down the line. But apparently not. Apparently West Brom's still up for it. So well, good luck if to we, him. If West Brom go down now and, and, and it, this could be the season where Sam Allardyce doesn't work his magic, then that surely would be the end of They'll it. They'll stay up. I'll put, my, I'll put my house on it. They'll stay don't up. Don't put your life so on it, Booby. I was going to say, don't put <laughs> your life on it. Put your house. That's fine. No, honestly, have to stay with me, but like, he's, never been he's never been relegated. He's said he's Everton, Palace, but even Palace a few years ago. People forget about that. He was only there for a short period of time. Good manager. Booby loves him. Absolutely loves him. Um, he does no, Booby, you got to back he's doubling up, up now. season now. Because of Harry's outburst, he's doubling up now. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are hanging up a guy who's managing the Premier League hundreds and hundreds of, uh, uh, you know, he's been a manager for 25 years. You're disrespecting uh, Booby, Booby, there's a case, I'm going to be, there's a case for saying he was a good manager. But for you to say he's a top manager in this day and age no, is absolute no, lunacy. No, 100% win rate for England, Grizz. I didn't say that, I didn't say that. I said he's a top manager, like, like David Moyes is a Premier League level manager. He's a top manager by that definition. So, is he top, so is top though? Well, no, he's, he's obviously not. He's top half. He's probably 10th. He's just top. He's top. top he's not 10th. There's top and there's top, top, and there's top, top, top. Booby makes a good point. <laughs> David, <laughs> David Moyes is a better manager than Sam Allardyce. No debate. They're the same Brendan Rodgers. No debate. No, Brendan Rodgers is a fraud. Don't worry about him. Oh, okay, okay. Relax now, Harry. I've let you have your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Quality. I love it. I love the fact that we've got this sort of going again. And there will be a point. I think where Booby's right, there will be a point in the season where Sam Allardyce will nick a result against one of the big boys and he'll go into a presser and say something along the lines oh, of, if yeah. my name was Sam Allardyce or Sam Allardyce. <laughs> then you would give me a lot more credit for this result. Um, look, we, we've got to finish there. We've run out of time, but that was wicked fun. Um, just a quick reminder, you can now get TFP as a podcast. So make sure you check that out. If you'd rather listen to us having a right good, uh, right good chuckle, you can do that. Get it on all the major po- podcast platforms. Uh, a reminder as well to check out all of the guys' podcasts, LFC Day Trippers, Fighting Cock, 15 Minutes with Flavor Windy, Chronicles of Aguna, Flaunders, we're still like going to get there with your pods. Check out Boovie's channels uh, as well. Uh, check out Boovie on YouTube. There's loads of great stuff out there. Get a hold of everyone on Twitter and on social. Uh, we'll be back for the gas tank. I'm going to try and make sure over Christmas we bring you as much as we can around the game. So I know there's loads of games. So we'll try and get as much out for you as possible. Make sure you check out Welcome to Worldcast as well. And we'll see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.